swing and a miss. Down goes Yelich. Seven strikeouts for Bauer. Struck him out. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. How about Trevor Bauer? First and third, nobody out. Three straight punch outs. How about that effort by Trevor Bauer? And he and Vogelback trade word. Last season doesn't matter anymore. Come April, what matters is this team, this group of players, this group of fans, and the name across our chests. This season is about making sure history remembers us as we wish to be remembered. This season is about adding to our legacy. And I can't wait, Dodger fans. Welcome back to another episode of Too Much Podtar. As we got some breaking news here just within the last few minutes, uh, Trevor Bauer agreed to to a deal with the Los Angeles Dodgers after a lot of shit that he was go- putting the Mets through. You know, he apparently, I mean, Bob Nightingale reported last night that the Mets actually had a deal for him, which, you know, we, we all know Bob Nightingale, he always gets things wrong, so... Once he tweeted that, I kind of was thinking he was going to end up with the Dodgers because, you know, he gets he always gets things like way off. So, but to break down this deal, I have Kevin Klein uh, returning to the show, Dodgers fan. So he'll provide good insight there, and also Gio D'Amico coming back for the first time in a long time. So he's got too much pine tar. Sloppy and jalopy. They were doing the uh, the Chris Davis fishing for it. Might be going to call George Brett out. Well, he is. He's out. Yes, sir. Brett is out. Look at, look at this. Brett is out. And Steaming back. He is out and having to be forcibly restrained from hitting plate umpire Jim McClellan. Too much potter. <laughs> way, way too much potter. show guys yeah thanks for having me yeah anytime what's up everyone yeah it's good to be back i feel like i'm the unofficial dodgers insider now yeah pretty much yeah you're the one i turn to every time there's anything dodgers going on so yeah so the deal is three years with opt-outs after each year uh each of the first two years, uh, 102 million, 40 million for 2021, 45 in 2022. So that's the highest paid AAV for a pitcher in MLB history. Which, in my opinion, I think it's overpay because he's not worth more than Garrett Cole. But you know, to each their own, I guess. But I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, the fact that the Dodgers were willing to pay him forty million year one, forty-five year two, and then uh, whatever the balance is, um, I did the math, and I think over the three years, it's a thirty-four million dollar AAV, which I guess benefits the Dodgers in the long run. But the fact that they gave they gave him the two player options, personally, I'm I'm for it, just because you know maybe. He only wants to be for the Do- he maybe he only wants to be on the Dodgers for one year, 
maybe they win another World Series and then they're off the hook for the rest of that salary, which is fine with me just because the Dodgers have a lot of depth at pitching, which we can dive a little more into later. But, you know, the initial reaction is I'm very thrilled he chose, Lo- he chose Los Angeles over the Mets because Mets fans would have just been insufferable, you know, touting how good their rotation is. But this is kind of a reality check. And it's also hilarious, as you mentioned, that Bob Nightingale just prematurely broke the news and was wrong. Yeah. I'm uh, – go ahead, Gio. Yeah, I mean, as a Yankees fan, I'm very glad that he didn't go to the Mets because, like, like Kevin said, Mets fans are insufferable. They're the equivalent of Jets fans for football because they're basically the same people. If you like the Mets, you probably like the Jets. Uh, They're just such a bad fan base. And I don't like the deal for Bauer personally. I think it's too much money for him. And I'm a big fan of Bauer, but that's just a huge contract to give to a guy who's not even going to be the number one. Well, it depends who they want to lead off, but I doubt he's going to be the number one in that rotation. And then the opt-outs, there's a very good chance he pitches one year in Los Angeles and is gone. And so hopefully they can, you know, have success. To make They should make the World Series this coming year. If they don't, then there's something colossally wrong with that organization to have the amount of talent they have where Dustin May is your sixth man and Tony Gonsolin's your seventh man in the rotation. And then all the talent they have, the people that can hit the ball, they're losing Justin Turner, but they got, they got a lot of pieces still. So if they don't make it all the way to the World Series, it's a failure of a season. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And I was just thinking ahead too. Um, I'm really, we really like really need fans this year because I'm, I want, I really want to see what happens there when the Mets play the Dodgers in August. Uh, when that would be so entertaining with fans. Oh man, yeah. I think that there should be fans this year. I mean, it's outside. It is so easy to spread people out in an outdoor stadium like that. If there's some basketball, hockey teams, football teams that can have fans, there's no reason why baseball can't have fans at every stadium. Even in the cities that didn't have them for basketball and everything, just do half capacity, quarter capacity. Get some people there because it was really depressing watching people hit home runs last year and just watching the ball bounce. No excitement at all. Yeah, that was not fun. Well, it was. I mean, it was still fun to watch baseball, but not be able to see fans, not be able to go to go to games at all. That was just that was awful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I mean, fans are general fans are probably like wondering right now why would the Dodgers pay Trevor Bauer? Because you know, as it was just mentioned, they have Tony Gonsolin and Dustin May mentioned by Geo. Well, I mean, here's the reality that I could see why they would do it. The most innings Dustin May has thrown in the major leagues is 56. And I know Tony Gonsolin isn't that far behind either. He probably has thrown maybe 60 or 70 himself. And I think the Dodgers are honestly trying to preserve those guys' arms because having just played a 60-game season in 2020, they don't want to risk the injuries for these guys. So adding a guy like Bauer, you know, even though they're really paying him a lot, you know this is a guy that's going to eat up innings. He is a very stable starter. I mean, he's the reigning Cy Young Award winner, for crying out loud. I don't expect that to repeat in Los Angeles, but I certainly could see him getting a low 3RA, if not better. Uh, and obviously, he strikes out a lot of guys. You know, and We saw in the World Series, even though David Price is coming back, though his status still is questionable just because he didn't pitch in 2020 and wasn't very good in 2019, so we don't know exactly where he's at health-wise. You know, the Dodgers were kind of struggling to get that third and fourth starter consistently. They had to do a lot of bullpen games against the Atlanta Braves and the Tampa Bay Rays. Fortunately, it worked out this time, but, you know, it's no guarantee that that would have repeated in 2021. Yeah, I agree. And I'm going to point out two takes I saw on Twitter that uh, one of them's from from our guy at over at primetime sports talk, Frank Amarante. And he said that, I mean, his intuition or whatever, I'll read his tweet. So back in December, uh, Ken Gurnick reported that Dave Roberts was unsure whether David Price will pitch this season. Signing Trevor Bauer makes me think that the team believes Price is out for the season, monitor this situation. So that's obviously that's, you know, speculation. There's no one that can confirm that right now. 
that's an interesting take for me that they might go out to get Bauer because they still need another piece if they're going to be missing Price this year. I don't know, Kevin, if you've heard anything about you know Price's status for sure, but I think there is a chance he could miss the season. Yeah, the latest we've heard with Price, you know, he he's pretty active on Twitter. He posted himself about maybe a little under a month ago now, pitching in what looked to be like a workout set up in his house and mm-hmm. you know the accuracy appeared to be there and he has said to a, a random fan on twitter too you know i do plan on pitching in 2021 now i think he's also banking on the fact that he could be vaccinated before the season starts and you know maybe he de- he decides to join the season a little later if depending on this whole vaccination situation because you know we don't really know the status on that yet with MLB and the players, it looks like they're holding off, but it's, it, yeah, it's really hard to know for certain if price is going to pitch this upcoming season. So I agree with what you, what you were saying. And just one more take I saw, this is about Trevor Bauer and it's from a, a daily fantasy sports daily uh, DFS baseball pro fantasy Supreme tweeted it out saying, Trevor Bauer's career stats don't count because he pitched in hitters parks his entire career. Watch what happens in LA when offense is suppressed. And then he gave his prediction, which I think is incredibly bold 18 and four with a 1.77 ERA. There's no way he's sub two, but I could see, I could see him. He has pitched in hitters parks for basically his whole career. I could see him doing even better than last year. If that's even possible. Now that's like, that's going to be a lot of positive, uh, or that's going to be a lot of like hoping he doesn't regress. Like I said, I don't think he goes sub two again, but it's definitely possible he's in the position where that could be done. But I could see him sitting around 15 wins with a 2.5 ERA, and that's a super successful signing and a great season for him. No doubt. Yeah, I agree. So what I'm reading right now from Jeff Passan, um, after agreeing with this Bauer deal, they're now going to be Los Angeles Dodgers are going to be about thirty million over the threshold in luxury tax, and so one thing that I haven't said yet is the Dodgers forty man roster is full. So for this deal to actually become official, they are going to have to remove someone off the roster. Now there's two ways they could go about this. They could, you know, designate for assignment someone that they're not too high on, whether just throwing random names out like a Matt Beatty or Dennis Santana. Or they look to do a salary dump and a guy like David Price, now all of a sudden he is on the trade block. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would give the Dodgers, I think, about $18 million in savings. And maybe they throw in another guy like Joe Kelly, and that's another 9 or $10 million. I don't know mm-hmm. if a team's willing to take, absorb those contracts, but after seeing what the Angels did just recently with Dexter Fowler, uh, I'm not going to rule it out. Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up before before you said that about David Price because I saw someone else on Twitter say that you know the next step could make potentially moving moving him. So, what do you think they would be able to get for him if they were to move him? Do you, or do you think and do you think if like they would have to eat some of the money if they did that? Uh, for David Price, yeah, yeah. So here's the cool thing: I know the Red Sox are paying about half of that David Price contract already. I think the Dodgers probably would pay maybe a third of it or so. Um, but, I mean, the honest truth is, like, there are a lot of teams out there still looking for starting pitching. This wasn't exactly a great market for a lot of solid arms. I mean, Bauer was obviously the headliner. I know some teams are looking at Jake Odorizzi and um, one other guy. But, I mean, if you can, if you get, like, the assurance, like, David Price is going to pitch in 2021, why not take a chance on him? You know, at his ceiling, he's a Cy Young Award winner. Even in 2018, he was still really good with the Red Sox. So I think a team, you know, there are, there are a number of teams out there, even someone random like the Rangers or Angels, for that matter, like maybe they want to take a chance on David Price because, I mean, the worst case scenario is he opts out again and then you're not on the hook for that money. So that's how I view it. Yeah, and I like that you brought up the Angels because the Angels could really use one more starter, I think. 
there's there's guys in that rotation who you just can't be confident in, like Alex Cobb. And I yeah. think, you know, bringing in a guy like David Price, because this team, you know, they, they've brought in a lot of guys over the last, you know, a couple of years. They're trying that they brought in, you know, Anthony Rendon, and then now they have Jose Iglesias, who's not great, but he's, you know, and then you, of course, you have Mike Trout, who you got to get this guy to the playoffs. You got to get Trout to the playoffs because he's going to be one of the best, if not the best baseball player of all time. You've got Shohei Otani, who I know, I don't know how much he's going to, is is he fully healthy? I was not. Uh, I'm not aware of his. Situation. I don't think yet. And I I believe he's I don't, not fully healthy. But the Angels, I believe, when last asked about him, are they are trying to roll him out as a pitcher again? I th- I think that's not a good idea because I think he should. At this point, he's been getting injured so much that he should just stay. Like he just stick to hitting. Like he's not going to be able to stay healthy when he does both. Yeah, but he didn't even hit well last year, so I'm a little worried. He hit 190 last year. I'm I'm a little worried about you know the how his career is trending right now. The guy's been hurt a lot, and yeah. if you're going to rely on him for just hitting, and he's going to be you know Showtime, this big name guy for the organization, you're going to need better than a 190 average and 145 at bats. That's pretty bad. But yeah. that's that's going all going back to say if the Angels you know can add that one more solid pitcher, this is definitely. And I feel like I've said this about the – I talk about the Angels every year because every year it seems like they should make the playoffs and then they don't. But this year, except with the exception of like 2018, you know, there there's a couple of years where they were really bad. But they've been adding pieces, and that one pitcher can really send them over. Right now I'm not confident in their rotation. No, Mike Trout I'm... hasn't made the playoffs since – this would be year seven. Oh, that's terrible. That's – that's. that's just so bad. That's like Michael Jordan being the best player of all time, but oh, but never making the playoffs. It's like no one would even like. It's different for Mike Trout because people already respect him as one of the the best players of all time. But it's just so sad that they can't get him there because there's he could go down with even more of a legacy if he could get you know a World Series MVP, win one World Series with this team. And more people will agree that he's the best player of all time. But uh, everyone's arguing about his, like, that he hasn't, you know, been in the playoffs, which he can't control. But that would really set him over for yeah. a lot of people. I mean, people, like, always bring up the argument, oh, he went over three in the playoffs. It's like, well, he only he only played in one series, so what the hell do you want him to do? Like, Right. I mean, he barely got any experience. I mean, it's kind of crazy to think that, this, you know, guy who's going to be 30 years old this year and is one of the best player. Well, he's the best player in baseball right now, obviously, has almost zero playoff experience. Like he would be in a totally like there's so many younger players that have been to two or three playoffs already. And Mike Trout would be one of the most inexperienced players in the play in the playoffs in the MLB. That's just crazy to think about. Yeah, that's insane. And, you know, you bring up the point with about the Trout in the playoffs. Well, like, even Ted Williams never won a World Series, and he's, you know, people still obviously respected him. So, like you said, people are still going to respect him either way, but it's gonna, it, it's wasted talent if he never wins a World Series. So I'm, I'm hoping he does end up winning So one. who has the better rotation now, the Padres or the Dodgers? Dodgers, 100%. Uh, Dodgers, definitely. I think it was Dodgers before, too. Yeah, that's yeah. not even. I saw someone say that. I really like what the Padres have going for them. I was telling Alex before you got on, Kevin, that I think that the watching the Dodgers play the Padres this year will be really exciting. But I, I don't think that they're. I mean, there's so much more star power in the Dodgers rotation. Yeah, yeah. Because before this um, acquisition obviously happened, it looked like MLB and other media circuits were uh, crowning the Padres as the best rotation in baseball. And you know, honestly, you can make a case. But now that the Dodgers added Bauer, they are the only team in baseball that has five Cy Young awards in their rotation now. So I definitely would give them the edge. Yeah. Yeah. Once the Padres get Clevenger back next year, then I think it's a little more of a, you know, debate because you can't really include him this year knowing he's not going to play. So I think that next year it'll be even more exciting for him if Bauer doesn't opt out. Right. Yeah, I think Mackenzie Gore is really going to be an ace. I don't know when. He's really young. But I think it will be when Kershaw's time's over, 
I think we're going to be hearing about Gore as the best pitcher in the NOS. I really do. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm excited to see him. I'm not I'm sure. Is he going to make his debut this year? Or no? I don't know. He is projected to. You know, the it was actually kind of funny. The Padres were flirting with the idea of allowing him to make his debut in this past postseason. But instead, they went with Ryan Weathers, who did pretty good, I will say. But I, I definitely think we are going to see Gore come up sometime this season. Yeah. yeah. I think it's going to be a, a good rivalry in the uh, in the NL West. I was just looking at the Padres' depth chart, and I I mean they've got good talent across. You can't forget about Manny Machado, of course, because I feel like some people write him off because he's you know been a little bit underwhelming. Like last year was a good year for him, but he didn't do well in the postseason. And then the year a couple of years before that, he was a little disappointing for his contract. I think this is a well-rounded team for sure, and I think that they can win a season series against the. Dodgers, but it's just going to be like two heavyweights going at it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I was just looking at the payroll now, and Bauer's going to be making more than the Indians, Pirates, and Orioles. <laughs> That's <insane>. wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, can we place who's going to ha- have a worse record this year, the Pirates or the Orioles? Uh, I'm going to say Pirates. Me, yeah, me too. I, feel like I actually think the worst team in baseball this coming season is going to be the Rockies, though. Oh, yeah. I agree. Oh, that's so true. They, they, let's just talk. I'm sure you already did a pod about this, Alex, but I wasn't on for the Arenado. The, yeah. the Rockies got absolutely fleeced in that trade. Like, yeah. what were they thinking? I, I don't. They paid most of his. They, didn't they have to send him like $50 million, too? Yeah. And then they got what? junk back some shitty prospects like guys uh, pretty much guys that are you know no. if they make it to the mlb are going to hit 220 or have a five era i don't even know who they are that they got back but it's no one to the star power of nolan arenado that just doesn't make any sense and now they're talking about how they want to lock up trevor story it's like if you're going to lock up trevor story what's the point when the rest I've, literally everyone else surrounding him is absolutely miserable yeah. and you're just going to ruin that guy's career too yeah, it's just, like, even when they have, like, good prospects, too, they leave them, like, in the minors. Like, Brendan Rodgers should have been up by now, and he had, he's still in the minors. Like, yeah, that's ridiculous. I, that's a whole other tangent for me. I love Brendan Rodgers. I don't know what they're doing with him. Yeah, it's ridiculous. They need to just trade him now so they can so he can actually go and play. Like, They've someone. had the same pitching rotation for, like, four years in a row now. Like, you got... Guys like Kyle Freeland, who literally, who was awful two years ago. And then last year, you know, in the short season, he was just, you know, underwhelming again, over a four ERA. It's like Marquez has been disappointing. It's like, who, where do you expect to win? Is it, are they talking, they're talking 162 game season still, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, how is this team going to win 40 games, 35 games? <laughs> yeah. The best player on the roster is Trevor Story. And honestly, the best player. After that, on their roster, besides you know Rogers, who you don't know if he's even gonna Black, come up, like Blackman. Who is it? Charlie Blackman. Yeah, that's I forgot about him. Is he? Oh, there he is. So besides, sorry about that. Yeah, besides Story and Blackman, though, you got no talent in that starting lineup. I mean, with all due respect yeah. to everyone else, it's like I like Garrett Hampson, uh, but they don't. They split with him and Ryan McMahon, and then. You got your first base situation's kind of a joke, and now it's just it doesn't make any sense what they're doing with this team. This team's going to be bad for like a decade. Yeah, it's going to be a while. I mean, at least the Orioles, like the Orioles, can actually be good in a few years because they got you know Adley coming up soon, and probably what probably twenty twenty three, or even sooner. But. Yeah, the Orioles have some talent and. Even the Pirates are in a little bit of a better situation. I don't think the, I mean, the Pirates are going to be awful this year and probably for the next couple of years, but they're still better off than the Rockies. I mean, that team is just that if I would be hard pressed to be a Rockies fan right now. Yeah. 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 I just spoke to some Rockies fans on like a public forum um, app 
they're very confident in their pitching. They said it's going to be very <laughs> underrated. Even though I just okay. looked up the stats, they were uh, 29th in baseball last season and team ERA, but they're confident. They play in Colorado. It doesn't matter if you throw out the five best pitchers in baseball. It's going to be rough for them. And then it, it, who cares? Like, what's the over-under on how many times the Rockets get – or the Rockets. The Rockies get no hit this year. Like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, there could easily be three or more games where that team literally doesn't get a hit. It's so bad. It's a terrible situation. I don't know how you could be confident in that. And, I mean, it doesn't help that they play in, like, probably the best division in baseball. Yeah, I, like even the you know the Diamondbacks don't look awful. I don't think they're a playoff team personally, but but uh, they don't look awful. And then you got two massive heavyweights right now. And how are the Giants doing? They're like the one team I have not paid attention to at all. They picked up Tommy Lastella and Anthony Descalfani. Um, so they're going to be bad again. Well, the thing with the Giants is, yeah. They're, I don't think they're not a contender by any means, but they got a lot of good guys in their farm system that are on their way up. So I think yeah. we're going to start to see them mix those guys in with the veterans. But yeah, I mean, they're still paying players that aren't producing anymore, like Brandon Belt and Brandon Crawford and Longoria. Yeah. So, and Cueto, of course. But I don't think they're a threat, at least the next two or three years either the giants yeah I, there's no i don't see how they would be the the division's gonna be between the rocky or the rockies yeah, right? yeah between the dodgers and the padres uh for i'd say the next five years to come at least yeah i think arizona is gonna be like a, a spoiler not in a sense where they are in first place or even maybe second place but i think they are gonna win a lot of tight games against the dodgers and padres they kind of have an underrated rotation. Zach Gallant's been really good the last mm-hmm. couple seasons. And then they picked up Caleb Smith at the deadline. And he wasn't he wasn't good last year, but we've seen him show flashes of being a really good pitcher. Mm-hmm. And then Madison Bumgarner, he was really bad last season. But I, I think he could bounce back. And then, you know, the, the lineup is solid, too. They still have Kettle Marte. Uh, Escobar, um, Walker. So they, they have a lot of competent guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I'm being honest with you guys, I barely, because of the lack of fans, I barely watched baseball last year. Like that was the first year in my life so that I can remember that I just was uninterested. And it was just largely because of the situation. You know, obviously Corona ruined it. Like it ruined everything. But this year, I'm very excited to delve back into it because I like the 162-game season. The shortened season was crap. And, I mean, knowing all these new moves the teams have made, it's, it's, it, we're in for an exciting season, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, at the beginning of the offseason, off it kind of seemed like it was going to be so boring, but then it just picked up. People started getting signed like left and right and traded. And I mean, the project yeah. started the whole offseason off with all with the trades they made at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I got a question. Is Buster Posey going to play this year? Yeah, I think so. I believe he opted out last season because his wife had just given birth to yeah. twins. Yeah, he had premature twins. Yeah. That makes sense. Right. So I think he's in. I think it's his final year, too. Yeah, because they got Joey Bart, too, and that guy's yep. already 24 going on 25. Uh, so, I mean, not that, you know, when you're in baseball, I feel like your prime extends into your 30s more than it does in any other sport. But yeah. I, or maybe not hockey, but that's beyond the point. But I think that, you know, they, they're they probably going to roll out Posey, like, are they going to play him at first base, you think, and try to work Bart in the starting lineup every day? Or So Bart, last season really struggled like he was a huge disappointment they they did not get what they were expecting whatsoever and mm-hmm. having no minor leagues also kind of hurts players development so it's For kind sure. of a question mark where he's going to be i think they are going to work him in as catcher and probably put posey at first at times but yeah i don't think bart Yikes. bart is a yeah. lock just yet to take over Yikes, how about a 40% strikeout rate from Joey Bart last year? Jeez. That, 
That is bad, and he didn't hit a home run, so a single home run. So yeah, that's that's a rough season for so, a guy that was highly touted. So let's assume um, five teams make the postseason, like like how it's been other than this past year. What would be your NL NL five right now? Um, well, obviously Dodgers, Padres, um, and then I don't go Cardinals with the for the. Central, mm-hmm. winning the Central. Um, in the East, um, let me think. I'm, I'm actually going to go Phillies winning the East. So What? That, yeah. You're crazy. That, a bold, they have no pitching. That's a bold take, but I'm going. I, I rolled with it back when I did another pod, and I'm, do, I'm still going to keep it. Who's your fifth? My fifth would be... Uh, Probably someone in the East, so I'll go. I'll go Braves. I think the Mets are missing it. They're gonna do. They're gonna met. They're gonna do what they always do, and met. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree with that. I I have a bold take for who my fifth team is, but my first four. Let me look at it so I don't mess up. Uh, I have the Dodgers, then the Padres. Uh, yeah, I think the Cardinals win. I think the Braves win. Uh, win the division. Then my fifth team would be the Marlins again. I think that they uh. You know, they succeeded in a short season, so to think they're going to do... I, they were really hot for a streak there, so to think that they are going to do it again, I think is pretty bold, because they could easily have a total bust of a season. But I really like what they have. They are really good young pitching, and they just traded Jordan Yamamoto to the Mets, which I thought was a good deal to the Mets. Yeah. But um, yeah. I, I think Yamamoto's got a lot of untapped potential. I think that was a bad move for Miami, but the problem with Miami is they have... Well, it's not even a. It's a good problem to have. They have a lot of young talent in the minors and in the majors right now in their pitching rotation. So that's where I'm impressed the most by this team. And I think pitching can get single-handedly get you into a playoff spot. And when you got guys like Starling Marte, and you know, I think Brian Anderson's pretty solid. The lineup doesn't like you know, it doesn't make me get out of bed in the morning, but the pitching really does. And I think that they could snag the fifth spot. Yeah, it's. You brought up Yamamoto, and what's kind of interesting, I don't get why they traded him, because unless I'm just totally mistaken, I believe him and Brinson were like the two centerpiece players in that Yelich deal. Mm-hmm. So it's just yeah, weird they that were. they dumped him for nothing. Like, I know he had a bad year last year, but he only also only played in four games. Yeah, so. he's like, and he's 24, I think. If I'm getting rid of anyone at this point, it is the biggest bust in baseball, Lewis Brinson. Like that guy's <laughs> that guy can go kick rocks. Like go play in traffic, buddy, because he is awful. Now no one can convince me this guy's gonna be good at any point in his career. This is three straight years well, over a hundred at bats. Hundred's not normally a lot, but last year it's you know a decent number where he hit 199, 173, and got all the way up to 226 last year with still a 30% strikeout rate. This guy's not going anywhere. I, I I think they should ditch him when he has even a little <laughs> bit of value left. He kind of reminds me of Byron Buxton. I think Buxton, like the first three or four years of his career, he was also really bad, and we just kept hearing. It was like a never-ending cycle. Like, this is the year Buxton breaks out. This is the year. And yeah. um, For me, yeah, Dodgers, Dodgers won. Uh, I think the Padres will have the second-best record. Then number three, I'm actually going to go the Cardinals. I think mm-hmm. the Central is so bad that the Cardinals are just going to bully everyone and get close to 100 wins, and that's that would be their path. Mm-hmm. Number four, I'm actually going to pick the Mets to win the NL East. Even though they really whiffed on Bauer and Springer, they still picked up Francisco Lindor, and they added Carrasco, and they added May to the bullpen. I think Alonzo is still a really good hitter, and Dominic Smith. I think the Braves, if they don't bring back Marcelo Zuna, they're they're still my wild card team. But I think we'll see some regression in the offs in the this upcoming season because I don't expect Freddie Freeman to put up those numbers again. Same with Travis Darnode. I have some questions about their rotation. I know they added Charlie Morton, but he's really old. I don't know if Frac- I don't know if Max Fried will be as good. And Ian Anderson, I think there'll be some regression his way too. And I don't trust that bullpen. Here's where the Mets do get me excited. And this is a sentence that's probably never been said in history. Mm-hmm. The Mets bullpen really 
looked good last. They looked revitalized. Edwin Diaz looked back to prime form, which was very big for them. They need they need him at at his prime. He had over five ERA in 2019 after coming off a great year with Seattle, and it was like, oh boy, another Mets player they signed after a good year ended up bust busting. And then last year, right back even better than he was uh, in a shorter smaller sample size than with Seattle. You know, Juris Familia was better last year. Batantis had an awful year. It makes me glad the Yankees got rid of him, but he's okay. a guy who can easily bounce back. And then, you know, Trevor May is a good pitcher too. If you can get those guys all on the same wave, wavelength and have them all, you know, doing well. And then you got, you know, Miguel Castro too. I, I'm a believer in Miguel Castro. Mm-hmm. I'm probably one of the only ones, but um, I think that that bullpen can really help them out. And then the rotation they got, I I only like one through three with DeGrom, Stroman, and Carrasco. Getting Carrasco was nice in that Lindor deal. Joey Lucchese's pretty awful. And then David Peterson, I mean, he's he's solid. So I guess one through four is good. The hitting, who knows with the Mets? Who knows how they're, the guys are going to hit? Francisco Lindor's probably going to get hurt in the second game of the year and be out for the season. So <laughs> That would that'd be very uh, Mets-like, I guess. Yeah. And then, wait, is Cindergard healthy? I he, believe he's projected to come back around August or just July. I think it was. I think it was July. Yeah. Has Cindergard ever pitched a complete season? I feel like he hasn't. I don't know. It looks like he did in 2016, and that's it. Yeah, the guy. That guy is just a train wreck. Sometimes I feel. I feel for him. Good pitcher, but he just can't stay healthy at all. Oh. I kind of feel like he's like with with the Yankees, like with Luis Severino is kind of similar to him, I think, because you know Severino is good when he's healthy, but he's always getting hurt too. Yeah, I mean Severino really like if we're being honest, he hasn't pitched since 2018. He played three games in 2019 and missed last yeah. year. So, like the guy hasn't pitched in a long time, and I, I'm kind of sick of hearing Yankees fans saying, "Oh, it's like we're getting." Uh, and, like when when we when people were complaining that Cashman wasn't doing enough, they're like, "Oh, but we're getting Severino. It's like getting a new player." Yeah, you don't know what you're gonna get for from him. So it it's not like I I just don't like when people use injury news as like getting a new player back. But I do hope that he can be on his ace level like he was before he got surgery. Because I mean, every year he was in the league besides 2016, he was pretty dominant. So. So since you guys are talking about the Yankees, you know, a team that we could see in the World Series against the Dodgers, do you think they need to make a move now to respond to this Bauer signing? Yeah, they need to get somebody else in the bullpen. I think the well, the move I want them to make is Rosenthal. But, I mean, not, other than that, I don't think they really need anything else. But. Yeah, I don't think they need anything else either. I don't think Rosenthal's – like, he's fine, but I, I'd rather – I'm. I trust guys like, uh, you know, Loizaga, I guess, to handle the same role. Or yeah. And then if you use the rotation they've got with Cole Kluber, Tyon Montgomery, Severino, hopefully at some point, and then uh, Domingo Herman, like, you got to hope those guys go six, seven innings and the bullpen doesn't have to be, you know. Basically, there's no move that can respond to what the Dodgers just did. They would have to go out and, like, like, that's such a big They'd move. Have to, the like, go and move trade. left on the market. They'd have to go and like trade for Hendricks or something, or Castillo. Well, I would love Kyle Hendricks, but um, we're not gonna. But that yeah. will never happen. I'm but I, I was really pissed. The one move that I hated for the Yankees was getting rid of Tommy Canely, even more than Ottavino, because Canely was consistent. That guy was a model of just consistency. So he's going to be missed in the bullpen when you got guys like Britton and Chapman who can just piss Yankees fans off sometimes if they're yeah. really off their game. Yeah, Canely is now on the Dodgers too. But yeah, yeah, I, I don't know if he's going to pitch this season. The best case scenario that I've been reading is September. Yeah, but you know, I always kind of worry with guys coming coming off Tommy John, like immediately. Yeah. Seems like there's always command issues. So I, I don't know if I really want to roll with Canely this postseason. I'd rather kind of, unless the rehab just goes really well, and he, but I, I'd rather just do a wait and see. Hey, Alex, you can tell me if I'm crazy here. I think I and I I think 
I'm not a Gary Sanchez fan. You know this. I, I hate Gary Sanchez. I hate him. He's one of my least favorite players in baseball just because there's no way you should swing and miss at breaking balls in the dirt at the rate he does. Like, I could go throw my 40-mile-per-hour curveball, and he would be he, his bat would be in the fifth row by how hard he swung at it. Mm-hmm. I think that Kyle Higashioka really deserves a chance to try and, you know, crack not maybe not the starting lineup but split more time with Sanchez than he has been I don't know what you think um I think I feel like they need to like make I think they need to give Sanchez a chance to you know, bounce back but if he does start off the year like terribly I, then they should definitely bench Sanchez and go with he got to be okay see what he does for a few games and then you know maybe end up splitting he could end up splitting time with Sanchez depending on how each of them perform but I don't know. I feel like last year was kind of like, like even Hagashioka may may not be performing as well as he did last year either. So it's like he's he was a small sample. So it's like we got to wait and see what both of them do to really judge. Yeah, I mean, getting DJ back was the biggest move for the Yankees, though. So if that didn't happen, I would, you know, I would have been livid at Cashman, but. DJ was a huge move, and having him on the team and having Stanton and Judge healthy makes this team the best team in the AL, without a doubt. Yeah. I just want one season where they're both healthy. With It's just with their size and everything, that's just a lot to ask because, you know, those guys like Stanton get, you know, he's so big and, like, macho man, muscular, but he gets, like, these little tweak injuries that keep him out for so long. I mean, Judge, too. But yeah. it's it's just really frustrating because I already know. I'm setting myself up for at least one of them missing a stretch of a few weeks at some point because it's just – it's really hard for the both of them to stay healthy at the same rate other players do. I just – I need DJ and the whole infield to be healthy at least to, to make up for their injuries. Yeah. Uh, I saw that there's they actually started like doing like yoga this off season instead of doing like major like workouts like lifting like weightlifting like they're just doing stre- doing more stretches so hopefully that'll help like man whatever it takes because I I've, I've been saying we gotta fire this training staff for for a while now because I think they did do a training staff switch you know two years ago or whatever and nothing changed so. I really got to question why, how the same guys keep getting hurt so much. The talent is certainly there. I mean, they literally destroyed Shane Bieber when it mattered most. Yeah. And I thought maybe this is the year the Yankees kind of rolled their way into the postseason. Uh, for 2021, I think their biggest competition right now is the White Sox. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, Blue Jays, too, maybe. Blue Jays are going to give us a run for their money. They're, they've been making some impressive moves. I'm pretty impressed with what the Blue Jays are doing with their young core and then adding guys like George Springer. It's going to be a really fun series. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Blue Jays are going to have an electric offense, and it'll be kind of shades of maybe the 2017 Astros with just like the amount of runs they might put up. But I think oh. the back end of that rotation still very questionable. Yeah. I don't know if I trust guys like Ross Stripling, who I saw firsthand. Robbie Ray, another guy I've seen a lot of, um, Tanner Roark, and they added Steven Matz, who I really like, but we don't know what Matt, well, we just don't know what kind of Matz they're going to get. Wow. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I think that they, for a five, like, all those guys are good fours and fives. Uh, Ryu's obviously still impressive even though you know last year in the postseason he struggled a little bit is what it is he or uh yeah was that last year yeah well he only played one game but in his career he's a bad postseason pitcher but you you need to get there first if you're the blue jays and then you got nate pearson who is that guy going to be a picture in that rotation this year for sure yeah he should be i believe so he throws what 101 sometimes like that guy can that guy's got mustard on the ball so there's a lot of good aspects of the lineup. I I thought an underrated move for them was going out and getting Marcus Simeon. Like that guy, oh, yeah. even though he didn't have a super impressive year last year, the year before he hit 285 with 33 home runs, and he's a pretty good fielder. So bringing in a guy like that just totally solidifies the infield that already has, you know, Vladdy Jr., Bo Bichette, and then they've got, who else do they got? Kevin Biggio. So yeah. It's just a really, really tough lineup 
to there's one through nine. You know, the only guy you're not really worried about is Danny Jansen at catcher, but he's another guy who I think has good potential to break out at some point. So it's going to be hard. All right, every game's going to be hard against them. Yeah, I think they're one of the other catchers, Alejandro Kirk, who came up last year. He should be pretty good. He could end up breaking out too. Yeah, like that's and end up putting time at catcher. Yeah, I like that guy because he's really short, but he's kind of like, I don't know, he's he's short and pudgy, but he's he that guy can hit. He he just looks. I don't know. It's funny watching him catch, and that's not an insult to him because he's done really well in a small sample size so far. Just one yeah. through nine, you can't underestimate underestimate anyone in that lineup. Even their guys that they bring off the bench. Rowdy Telez hit two eighty three with eight home runs last year. That guy's got some serious pop in that bat when he makes when he makes the connection. He's another you know strikeout or home run kind of guy. But he yeah. made a huge step up from twenty nineteen when he hit two twenty seven. And again, smaller sample size, but two eighty three for a guy like that. That's very impressive. Yeah, so bringing us back to uh, Bauer, do you uh, <laughs> guys have any other thoughts on the move? I mean, we do, yeah, we got off the rails a little bit, but that seems yeah. to happen a lot. So I mean, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, he's got to perform for that contract, and I think while the Dodgers got a good piece, they paid him too much. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, my thoughts on this whole Bauer thing is stop questioning the methods of Dodgers president, Andrew Friedman. Mm. This guy <laughs> continues to deliver year in and year out. And there are still not only, not only just general fans, but a lot of Dodgers fans who call him fraudman, cheap, whatever. I don't know what else this man can do. I think he's already solidified himself as a hall of fame executive now he has a World Series title under his belt. He brought Mookie Betts to the Dodgers. He established players like Max Muncy. Now he signs a Trevor Bauer. Um, you know, Walker Buehler is one of the first big players he drafted to. Um, this team is setting itself up for a dynasty. Now it's just a matter of can they, can they follow through? Yeah. And like Gio said before, you know, if they don't win the World or if they don't at least get back to the World Series, it's a failure. Well, probably at this point, it's a failure if they don't win, too, because they won it last year. So if they can't win it with even more talent on the team, then, it's, then it would be, you know, kind of saying, like, yeah, absolutely. Well, then people would be co coming out saying, oh, that was a Mickey Mouse championship. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they have the highest and, payroll in baseball now. And, you know, you guys are right. It's World Series or bust. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah. Well, that's what right. the Yankees always have. Like, they always have that mentality. So, they've had that for all 27 other championships. So. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's. I think that's going to do it for this. So, Thanks. Thank you guys for joining me to talk about this and some other things. So, uh, yeah, you could find Kevin on Twitter at Klein25 and Geo on, he's on Twitter at Geo NFL Draft. So, fine, you can find all, all the stuff they do on there. Like, Geo's got a bunch of, you know, NFL draft profiles coming out on the site. So, at some and, point, hopefully. Yeah. So, Along with me, I'm going to be starting to do more of those as well. So, and you follow me, follow me, Alex Keeler. Um, and yeah, we'll be continuing doing these episodes uh, and talking about some stuff as the season gets moving forward. And of course, you guys are always welcome. You know, Kevin, you know, you like you said before, you you basically my Dodgers, my go-to Dodgers guy. So, <laughs> and whenever anything happens there, we can you can you always welcome on the pod. Sweet. Yeah, so that's going to do it. And just a reminder, you can never have too much pod tar. Sam. Scooch. Strong talk. Wiz up. Scoo. Yeah. Hey. You get the bag.
make it fumble it. I get the bag and flip it and tumble it. Straight off the lot, 300 cash, and the car came with a blunt in it. Lil' mama a thot, and she got ass, and she gon' fuck up a bag. Pull up to the spot, living too fast, dropping the dope in the stash. In Italy, got too far and hoes, they deal me. Draw the top, when it's cold, but you feel the heat. Be real with me, keep it 100, just be real with me. Eat it up like it's a feast. They say the dope on fleek. Percocet pill on me. I saw my nigga, baby, chill with me. Them niggas that fucked in the back don't say nothing, them niggas a kill for me. Back as I count in my sleep, on fleek. Honey can't spit on that patty for leave. Bitch, I'm a dog in my tree. Hop out the frog and leave. I put them bricks in the fender. My bitch, she walk around like she Chris Jenner. I used to break in the ammo. Then take up running like the game of Temple. It's simple, I play with her mantle. Mama said she saw me on Jimmy Kimmel. Canada, cause I'm a money symbol. Walking with these rats, I'm looking crippled. Fuck on that bitch, then I temple. A nickel for me to take pictures. Not from LA, but I clip Double my cup or a triple. Fox on my body, no biblical. I'm not your average or typical. Look at my wrist, and it's critical. Hold it up, dropping the temperature. I get that bag on the regular. I got a bag on my cellular. Back in the bag of them vegetables. Bag of them cookies, it's medical. Cocaine, codeine, etc. Cocaine and lean is federal. I take up landing on Nebula. As an ounce when the ends on my Schedule. You get the bag and fumble it, I get the bag and flip it and tumble it Straight off the lot, 300 cash, and the car came with a blunt in it Lil' mama a thot, and she got ass, and she gon' fuck up a bag Pull up to the spot, living too fast, dropping the dope in the stash In Italy, got too far and hoes, they DM me Draw the top, when it's cold, but you feel the heat Be real with me, keep it 100, just be real with me Eat it up like it's a feast, they say the dope on fleek I know that these niggas get sick of me Chains on my neck cause a meal a piece I don't even like to freestyle for free I put in the key and I ride the beat I don't even come out the house for free I pay a nigga to drive for me JJ couldn't even co-sign for me I do what I want cause I'm signed to me I get the, I get the, I get the back They get the back cause they cut it in half Stop the comparing, y'all making me laugh Need to rehab, I'm addicted to cash Convertible walk, convertible top My dope got a vertical, look at it how And it jump out the pot Came out the jail and went straight to the top Take it easy, baby Middle of summer, I'm freezing, baby Don't leave me, baby Just drop to your knees and please me, baby I'm fascinated Two bitches so fine that I masturbated Congratulations She brought me so good that I graduated They had to hate it I don't fuck with them niggas, they plastic, baby A trapper, baby I rap what I own on my masters, baby It's tragic, baby I pull up and fuck up the traffic, baby A savage, baby I'm killing these niggas, close casket, baby You get the bag and fumble it I get the bag and flip it and tumble it Straight off the lot, 300 cash And the car came with a blunt in it Lil' mama a thot, and she got ass And she gon' fuck up a bag Pull up to the spot, living too fast Dropping the dope in the stash In Italy, got too far and hoes, they DM me Draw the top, when it's cold, but you feel the heat Be real with me, keep it 100, just be real with me Eat it up like it's a feast, they say the dope on fleek